welcome to Opening Presence, the podcast about creative self-realization. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode, I sit down with Ryan Williams. He is a spiritual seeker who spends most of his time in the clouds. No, not what you're thinking. He's actually a flight attendant who will personally ask the divine to quell any sort of turbulence. In this conversation, we discuss religion, float tanks, and the quest for spiritual growth. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, without further ado, welcome to Opening Presence. Welcome to Opening Presence. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of My Life's Passion, or one of them at least. Uh, Today I'm joined by Ryan Williams. How are you? I'm doing good. (laughs) Thanks for doing this. This is uh, like heavy on like the like the flow synchronicity wave. We literally just met like two weeks ago or so. Yeah. And then we kicked it a little bit last week and got into some really, really interesting conversations about wellness and spirituality and our own individual journeys and exactly the types of conversations that I love highlighting that typically aren't really spoken of. So whenever I find or when we find each other on this this journey, it's always like an awesome thing because it's like oh yes at least <laughs> i'm not a crazy person like i like i swear this shit actually works so thank you i appreciate you for being here of course yeah so uh before you cruised over here today you're talking about you uh went on a went to a float tank I and i want you to kind of yeah talk about the float tank the float tank um well i'm currently staring at my uh water bottle that i got at the float tank that says my other ride is a float tank Mm. (laughs) sticker on it. Is it something you've been doing for a while yeah i um i had done it a few times and then soon after i got to portland i was like okay i got down here i kind of manifested this which is something i wanted for a while um, to come back and live in the city. I had been kind of living all over the place. and um, But my mental health was not where I wanted it to be. So I wrote this whole like mental health plan out. And um, part of it was doing monthly floats. So I went ahead and just committed to their plan. And uh, it was cheaper anyways. And was just like, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And it's been one of the best decisions I've made mm-hmm. to just do some regular floats. And, um, yeah, they're all different today. Um, was really interesting. It was, uh, the second time I've ever like left my body while in the float tank. This is what we were talking about. Um, and it was a unique one. It was a unique one because I wasn't, once I actually left my body, I wasn't sure if I was actually dreaming or still in some kind of like astral projection because the quality of it was very dreamlike and I wasn't necessarily moving through geographical landscapes. I was moving 
more through um, these other other realms, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had very dreamlike qualities to them that were similar to even some of the dreams I had because I did an 8 a.m. float and was still pretty tired, so ended up going into dreamland a good bit. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, I... The whole... Like, when you say other dimensions and when we... Sorry, my phone's ringing. But travel... Basically, like, traveling (laughs) in this very, like, unconscious but somewhat grounded space. I feel like you dip back into groundedness, like, when you get kind of woken from it. But there are these... These moments in time when when time is suspended and you're not identifying with your ego, you're not identifying with yourself uh, in the way that your conscious mind does, whether right. that's like fight or flight or just just engaging with the world of to-do lists and whatnot. And when we do our meditations, like meditation is still kind of like one foot in, one foot out. You're kind of like molding the clay like right. as you're going through the process. It's it's Even though it, it meditation is... Um, working towards a detachment, a level of detachment. Totally. It's very rare that within the meditation that you experience like a non-physical, just single-pointed awareness without the the story of who I am and and all that kind of stuff. And it seems like that's the place that you uh, traveled to when you're in your float. And and like you said, like a lot of, like they're so different. Yeah. Um, this feeling of like detachment or 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 kind of being separate from the body is that something you've experienced before in your life in in different moments yeah yeah um so and and back to the the one today that was now that you're kind of like bringing that lens into it um it it did feel like in some ways there was a concept of self in certain parts of the spaces that I was in. Um, whereas before the first time that I was telling you about, um, there was no, there really wasn't any self. It was an awareness. And Mm -hmm. my awareness was like moving around throughout places. And, Mm -hmm. um, so today there did feel like there was, which is why when I say it was kind of dreamlike, it felt like there was, it wasn't the same quality of self that I normally have. even when I'm dreaming, Mm -hmm. but there was some sense of, uh, self that was more than just awareness today. But yes, I have been in other, other States when we were talking earlier, I grew up in a Christian tradition where the worship music was really repetitive and trance like, and was even, even if it was unintentional, was designed to kind of put you in some sort of trance to give you uh these these sorts of experiences um where where yeah your your sense of self is at the very least uh how would i say it like put on hold <laughs> yeah or or just like for sure dissolved like parts of it are not existing in yeah, the same way it, it's almost like we don't know exactly how to 
be autonomous in this non-physical spiritual world, even though we're doing it all the time. Right. And it's like our, our conscious aware mind, um, yeah, just doesn't, it's, it's like, like learning how to ride a bike and it's like, oh shit, you did that shit automatically. You know, it's not like you told yourself to, to slip out of the thinking mind and, and it's just like, like the whole dreamscape, like multidimensional world. It's like, that's, that's going on at all times. It's like, we are so tied to this 24 seven news cycle, like McDonald's, I'm loving it. Like I'm going to go to the store and, and, and buy a six pack of beer. And that's, that's the thing that makes me feel connected. But then when you slip on the other side of the veil, it's like, Oh, that's where like, like that's the bottom of the iceberg. When like when <laughs> when people say the tip of the iceberg, tip of the iceberg is going through your normal day to day life with your relationships and the material uh, quagmires that that come up in our lives. But like like the real meat and potatoes is the shit that's like in the subconscious, in the uh, unconscious, yeah, and, and in the spiritual there. realm. And and luckily, like plant medicines can get us there. Meditation can bring us into that space. And floating can can bring us into that space, but I know we jumped <laughs> really off the deep end. But yeah, going back to like, what are some of the other experiences, and maybe giving a an overview of like, like grow, like what was like growing up like, and were you always tuned into this type of yeah. space and the experiences that led you? I do want to put a I do want to put a little flag to come back to, even if it's not in please, this conversation. Please. No, in, no, no, for sure. In like, you made a comment about how challenging it can be to experience the autonomy, to experience, not even experience. I think you said do, do, I'm going to paraphrase, but like figure out how to do this thing of being a separate self and coming back into that. Once you've experienced these kind of uh, more disembodied, kind of experiences where yourself is either completely annihilated or at least not fully there then to come back in and be like okay now I am Ryan now I have all these roles to play Mm -hmm. I do want to at least revisit that I mean I'll answer this question yeah for sure for sure no we can always that's all open that's a really interesting thing to play around with for me because I think I think there's a lot of um there's a lot of spaces we're entering into as humanity right now where we're trying to answer those questions um, on for a lot of reasons and on a whole lot of different levels. One of the reasons that I get excited about is this blend of East and West. I think we talked about this a little bit, Mm -hmm. but you know, there is this tension where you have the autonomy of Western culture. Like I am my own person, this individual, you know, I'm going to grow and create my own thing. Whereas in the, in the East, it's very like we make small, subtle shifts and changes to things over a long period of time. You don't have renegade people just doing their own thing. And I think the the convergence of that's like super exciting for me. And it's one of the areas where we have a lot of this happening mm-hmm. where you have you have this blasted out like no self experience and then you're coming back into this reality of like having a self and like that process. Yeah. How do we, how do we do that? How do we incorporate that? Mm -hmm. I would love to talk about, but yeah. So your question to me was my background of 
what specifically? Sorry, now I'm background up. background as far as maybe spiritual experiences or oh. religion or upbringing yeah. that that uh, inspired you to continue on this path of unfolding and learning. Yeah, so um, spirituality in terms of um, experiencing life in multiple dimensions that that was kind of um, I was uh, how do I say like thrust into from like zero to 10. Um, we were a part of, uh, me and my family, a church in inner city Atlanta called uh, vineyard. And there was actually this like smaller, um, like separate thing called blood and fire. That was blood and fire. Blood and fire. Wow. And, uh, it was this inner city, like homeless ministry slash just like, meeting in these warehouses and these just services that were um, really hyper-focused on the supernatural and having uh, really personal experiences with um, God in ways that were, um, in a lot of ways, I think, mirroring a lot of the culture at the time. This was in the 90s. So you had like the kind of like um, come as you are, you know, that whole so people would show up in their jeans and t-shirts and you'd have all sorts of different people coming into these services and then they're playing these like long ended or long ended uh long format songs that are just going on and on as the spirit's flowing and there was all sorts of uh spiritual things happening in that environment and so i grew up really thinking that's what everyone was experiencing because that was my normal and um the best way I've been able to explain it to people that haven't been a part of that now is like if they've gone to some kind of ecstatic dance thing or some kind of festival Mm -hmm. and just all that energy that's just allowed to exist. That was kind of my normal, but like through a Christian lens. Mm -hmm. So, so much to unpack there, but that was even I've realized now, like I feel at home in really, spiritual chaotic spaces where there's like mm-hmm. a whole lot of stuff happening sure that's like home base for me. really i, I oh love my it gosh that's so like overwhelming the in circus a sense. It's yeah like, oh my god there's so many different people and not knowing what people are holding on to and mm-hmm. i feel like that's the same thing with like festivals and stuff too when i see yeah i've never been to like a giant festival or anything but i just i sense it it's very much like a spiritual experience but then like people bringing everything that they may be running All away it. from. It's like they think they're running away, but it's like they don't realize that they have like a, a trailer attached to the back of them that's bringing all this this baggage that they thought they were leaving behind. And it's like, you just brought it to everybody else. So that's why I'm like wary of just like large like groups and all that kind of stuff. But I know that like experiences can be curated, especially when they're centered around a shared intention yeah. Um, not saying it's necessarily the healthiest yeah, for me yeah. to engage in, I mean, but it's lit. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely I can swim in it, and it feels like it feels like a sense of home because mm. a whole I think a whole lot of my um, even subconscious being got programmed from a really early age to just know how to exist in that energy sure. and in all of that kind of being allowed to just exist and. Uh, manifest in so many different ways Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how everything started from a spiritual standpoint of like um what it looked like to be at like 
human in, in the, in the fullness of that. Um, my home life was really interesting because we, um, in a lot of ways, my parents and the way that they raised us were kind of opposite to a lot of the religious culture that we grew up in, in that we were just kind of taught to treat everybody the same and with dignity. And um, there was kind of an open door policy in our house where like our friends could just come no mm-hmm. matter what. And mm-hmm. um, there wasn't a whole lot of ideology that was expected um, from my sister and I, from my parents. So there also wasn't this expectation to like believe certain things. And there was a huge emphasis on like personal experience. So that was kind of what made up and started forming both myself and my sister. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot of the reason we've been on that trajectory and found ourselves where we are. But mm-hmm. yeah, how did how did your? Because I know it's like we go through our our spirit. My I feel like my spiritual journey is like just starting. Like I I didn't realize like we I didn't grow up going to church. Um, like nobody like nobody really like in my family like really even spoke about religion or anything like my right. grandparents went to church and it was just like oh yeah we just go to this place but it seemed at least my experience was like it was absent of a real relationship to spirit right and and <clears throat> that's something that's come into my life uh kind of later on but I'm grateful for where where it's met me and and where I've met it where did your relationship to like spirit maybe like change your trajectory from like the structure that you're in when you're young and then like what was that kind of like the turning point to maybe where like you wanted to go out and do your own thing or or do you feel like the the foundation is still like in the same space or did you pick up and like move it to another uh location yeah man it was a it was a big winding river (laughs) full of twists and turns um you know i had I had this obvious uh, exposure and emphasis to creating my own individual experience and relationship with spirit from an early age, Mm -hmm. from as early as I can remember. So that was there. And then obvious like spaces where that was happening at a corporate level and individual level. Um, But once I got into, this was like late, late high school. I just, I had watched a lot of really awful things happen in the church. And some of the, some of the worst things were happening in churches where I was experiencing God the most. Mm. And, um, so watched it, you know, was a part of a church, watched it fall apart, was also a part of a community of people at work when I was serving tables that became kind of this like separate sub family mm-hmm. that n- none of them were like a part of that whole ethos. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt in that community, like I had a, a more of a freedom to like show up as who I truly was in the, in the whole like uh, restaurant community mm-hmm. than I did at church. Cause at church I had, you know what I mean? Sure. I had to play a lot of roles, even if I didn't fit them. So, yeah. so anyways, that, that's where things started kind of coming unraveled and it was like early, like early college, late high school. And then the church fell apart and then I'm like, 
I don't know what to do with all these experiences, but I don't, I know that like, I don't want to be around this right now. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of free formed and did my own thing and just kind of side tabled a lot of that stuff for years. And then I had my first like personal mystical experience that had nothing to do with any religion or anyone in my car, in a car, um, probably three or four years later that led me back into Christianity in my twenties and then kind of figuring out how to have all that fit. Yeah. So that was the other twist back. Sure. Back so it brought direction. you back around. What was the mystical experience that you had uh, um, in the car? Yeah, I had, um, I had a, a broken relationship that fell apart and um, it, it, while it was falling apart, I kind of like had this vulnerable, like, crying out like i don't know who you you know i don't know who you are what what you're about but like i need some answers Mm -hmm. and um immediately like the next day stuff started showing up and Mm -hmm. it was it was really obvious that like i was engaging with something and Mm -hmm. i didn't have so when you were explaining you weren't like just to clarify you weren't speaking to the partner that you'd broken up with no you were speaking yeah you're speaking (laughs) to a higher no i was speaking to god directly yeah. yeah and um and got a really quick answer and it wasn't the one that I wanted, but it was the one that I needed to get. Mm -hmm. And, um, so after that, you know, I was in this space of disconnection from her and I had put kind of all of my eggs in that basket. So I had this emptiness, which I've learned is, is a good space to be for, Mm -hmm. for spiritual things. Yeah. So I had a space to be filled and I just started seeking and I had this presence come into my car while I was in my car one day at college. And, um, I felt this, it was this simultaneous like awe of that presence and like, um, the universe, if you want to say like, just how big everything was. And then that, that presence and that experience was like with me in my car like almost like holding me emotionally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i just kind of fell apart wow and so that was uh that was the first time but that was also the first time i had like experienced something like that not in a church service Mm -hmm. so that was pretty foundational because at this point like the pursuit of whatever that was for me had nothing to do necessarily with any kind of like group yeah well it's like the idea like religion and on its own is just like they think or at least like what they're saying is that it can only exist within this container and it's just like oh you're trying to fit the universe in a container oh you sound like a salesman to me (laughs) i don't trust salesmen (laughs) a lot of like that (laughs) but but to have the like that experience i'm sure is like like absolutely like change the trajectory especially with like I I know like a lot of people that grew up in like religious households and stuff like like shaking like I don't even know what it is that shaking the programming but it's just like shaking the the I guess the instinct to always place the importance on something that's outside of yourself that that is this God that is basically painted in the mind cognitively yeah but not solely like experienced as a one-to-one relationship because yeah. I, I think that's kind of how it's taught is like read the book and it becomes kind of like a narrative that you're 
kind of placing so much importance on but nevertheless that narrative is still outside of yourself yeah and when does it become an ebb and flow and direct communication and in my relationship to spirit to god to the one um came like a few years ago um but it's still growing now like now it just comes to the point where i'm just like speaking like when i'm just by myself and i'm and i just i just point my my perception to the whole yeah to all of it and i'm just like thank you so much for allowing me to i always just say thank you for allowing me to be here because i'm still like trying to gain the vocabulary to manifest the things that i want to experience in the world right because like coming into knowing how important language is and it's like how how to best articulate um desire or gratitude um, to communicate in the language to where my vessel can receive um, from the output that I'm giving because I'm always giving I'm giving love I'm giving praise I'm giving like thanks and and projecting and, and giving healing to friends and even family and people that that like are having trouble and stuff like there's people that like I'm just like not really like friends with anymore that I've like created boundaries with that I've cut out of my life and and for a reason it was my reason and and it was a loving reason it was like I love myself more than I love to hurt myself obviously so I need to get you out of my life but I still like send prayers to those people that I've like moved out of my life and in the person or not the person but like the entity that facilitates that is great spirit yeah and i know that 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 spirit and the one does that for me and and so that's like a relatively like new um experience is what's your like communication like to yeah i mean well to to simplify it and then we can unpack it and i do want (laughs) to give cliff notes for the rest of Please, that journey. Yeah, to yeah, no, we up. can go wherever. But uh, to, to answer your question directly, um, the, the word container Christ, I would a hundred percent like use to communicate about everything you just said. Mm. The, 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 the uh, conscious act of getting into this generative flow where you're allowing yourself to receive and then flow out some kind of like, goodness and generative like presence in the world um i would call that christ Mm -hmm. this like this kind of christic and and i think most people experience it not using the terminology or ever or ever having it Mm -hmm. but when i'm using it and when i'm relating to it even on a theological level and how that relates to how that shows up in my life that is the the Christ experience mm-hmm. of just like positioning myself in this ancient thing that's been happening before time yeah, and yeah. we're coming into and like there is this flow that I am in that mm-hmm. is helping me bring this presence and this goodness and this vitality to myself and other people. Okay. So damn, I, that's like, where I've landed now. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause it's like, I, like I'd never knew that like that, like, orientation of of experience and i didn't i didn't realize like i've never heard that being referred to as christ or christ consciousness or yeah that give and take and it makes that makes a lot of sense because like even not being a part of any type of like dogma or religion it's like whenever i think christ i think like a thick bible and like 
basically like totally. you, you with your hair down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. White Jesus, yeah, white, white Jesus. Jesus. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it is just like it, I, I never really understood it to be like as you expressed it, like a, yeah. a container to give and receive and to to be open and to to share love and, and a, a container for love. Um, yeah it's hard it's hard to arrive at that spot though like well it's with all the like misinformation and just people that are using it as like a marketing scheme for their benefit i'm just like all right what is what is it and like that was like the best like like i fuck with that like fucking call me call me a christian like right i fuck with that (laughs) yeah i i mean my whole that that label i'm like really careful with because most of what it represents i'm like the opposite of Mm -hmm. so i'm I'm really careful with that label specifically. Also, the person they follow, Jesus of Nazareth, was a Jew, not a Christian. So, like, there's that. There's that mm. whole thing. Like, he was a Middle Eastern Jew. He wasn't a, you know, white. Yeah. <laughs> white dude. So, anyways, I'm, I'm like, I do think there's some, like, distinction there. But I also think the only way you may maybe find yourself to embodying christ in that way is through being disenchanted by all the rest of it and Mm. and being like my inner experience or the thing that i feel a calling or longing to is very different than this and wanting to hold on to that and and go to the roots of it and um and so that's what it was for me is just like finding the mystics and then just like plumb lining into the mystics and being Mm -hmm. like oh they're relating to this in a really different way mm-hmm. and in a way that feels really authentic for me and gives me a much larger kind of pull to swim in mm-hmm. and way to be like, yes, 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 yes. Instead of just no to everything, but maybe this small little totally. you know, fraction. So yeah. yeah, that's, that's how I kind of landed there. It's just like, I feel like, there's goodness in this and there's truth to this, but I'm having to move through all these things to try to find it. Mm -hmm. And then there was this question when I first actually moved here to Portland and I was doing a lot of the work to kind of move through a lot of that of like, how did we get here? How did we get from like this dude who is performing all these miracles, healing all these people, like taking all the power out of, you know, the, unhealthy power structure of the Jewish system and getting it into the lowest places. Like this mm. very, very like um powerful dude. Like how do we get from that to like where we're at in evangelical culture, which is the culture I was raised in and it is influencing our American culture right now. I'm like, how in the world? Mm. So that question was was a question I unpacked for a, a little while. And then I finally was like, all right. I got enough answers. I'm moving on. Yeah. So. And I just, uh, yeah. I, well, like colonialism, like it's like the, the birth of colon colonialism. Yeah. I think it was before that. I think it yeah, was sure, sure, when, like, when they Romanized what was happening in the early church movement. And it went from this really organic thing to like the government and the religious, you know, leaders figuring out how to capitalize on this and, then it became about empire. It didn't become about any kind of uh, movement that was bringing vitality to local communities or anything mm-hmm. um, or transforming the way things were done. So I don't know. The history of it was really interesting to me. 
and now it's not not that it's not but it's like i found another path and sure another sure and it's like i think it's just taking the responsibility for self like that's that's where i feel like all spiritual practice or the journey of individuation to claiming like your relationship to spirit like yeah. is all like it's all your decision it's all you're doing and in like the freedom and autonomy that we have to give ourselves in order to explore these things and say yes yes no no yes yes no and and piece together something that works for us um, yeah like is of utmost importance yeah it you're right it was that was the the selfish motive behind all of it was like how did I get formed like how was I formed like mm -hmm. what is it that formed me into the way that I think and process things now and almost like going back to understanding like where it was and how it got to where it is now helped me understand what it was that I kind of came into like being programmed into thinking and understanding. Sure. So, but then it was like, I was just nerding out where I felt like I found these secrets that no one was talking about. Mm. And, um, I'm like, man, this is crazy. Yeah. This is wild. Why doesn't yeah. everybody know this? I feel like my shit was just like, a denial like a denial of self like self-denial was like the baseline of and it, i learned that just like just from observing how my mom even denied herself to serve me and my brother yeah like that was like 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 mom like buy nice things for yourself stop buying just nice things for me and my brother it's like you deserve it as well so i took on like the self-denial thing whether that's like denying like my ideas denying like in promoting other people's things is more valid than totally. mine their feelings their emotions and stuff but it's like that's like as like a vessel of consciousness like shutting that off yeah like a long time ago like and then getting back online and activating now now i'm like anything that comes up it's like yo like is this even me or is this like is this spirit channeling through me and, yeah and as i speak to you now and as i like engage with the things that i'm passionate about and like my intuitions come up and realize that like yes i would love to collaborate with people um but if i have to do this on my own i'm gonna do it on my own and, right. and feeling called to to bring things into the world that have an intention of of love unconditional love and connectivity and expansion and learning and growing it's oh, like yeah. oh like that's what i'm here to do like in in like the source from which it all comes from is a part of me as well. And, and engaging with that flow and that dance is something that I've like kind of just, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so great. Like, like I get tied up in like, like material shit all of, all the time. Cause I'm still there, but it's like yeah. the opportunity to dance with the divine every single day. Like if I can prioritize that, like that overshadows any type of, hang up or burdens or bullshit it's like how many great people that are in my life and like people that like we met we literally met like freaking like two weeks ago yeah and it's just like we're chilling having this conversation there it is <laughs> i was gonna what is the clack thing <laughs> it's like it just clicked it clicked oh you know when you're when you're like walking along and then all of a sudden you're like oh that that just clicked like yeah yeah, yeah. i was, I was <laughs> probably I, I, like, sooner or later i was gonna ask you i was like what was that thing i wonder how it's gonna show up on the audio though it's no, probably it'll, gonna it'll sound crisp and clear like uh, okay 
won't be this loud, like annoying thing in people's ears. <laughs> like this reoccurring uh, metronome. Right. It's like, that wasn't even me. It was just spirit, you know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just like, it's like once we find our own way to engage, like with collaboratively, like with the divine, like it removes, like, I guess, like the need like I wouldn't say like like we do need community and yeah. like it's a it's a huge part part of it but when we're not with community I feel like that's like the time where your relationship to to God really really like deepens I agree and yeah. it's so important to have that time to yeah. work through these emotions and I feel like that's also the language of the divine as well as just like the emotions to show you the shit that you need to work on and that you need to work through and 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 yeah, so it's it's just like this never ending process that it's like it's either you're in the game or you're like shutting yourself off from from the game. But yeah. it's but everyone has like their own uh, way of getting to the doorstep of of the universe. And it's like, are we going to walk through the door or are we just going to close it and deny it and run away like for eternity? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do think I think there's like one of the even movements of the divine that we can find ourselves in is this like ebb and flow into solitude and silence and prayer and then into like community and like mm-hmm. back and forth. And um, I was just having this conversation with one of my like closest spiritual friends today, yesterday. And um, he sent me this quote. He was like, what do you think about this quote? And it was basically like the only real true path is like blazing your own trail up the mountain like it's your only way to find authenticity and I'm like, well, I'm like it's it's true but it's not like 100% right. Mm. And uh it's because like I think because of this kind of flow that we're talking about of like yes, we need to have our own thing and be doing our own thing, but if we separate ourselves from everybody else and just have our own thing and we're not doing it with at least some kind of group of people it uh it's just not the same no no i I think well that think that's why it's so important like the things that we do create like have in mind yeah everybody else and you're bringing people in something that came up was like whenever i do like go into like serious meditative hermit mode and just like cleansing my space like it feels like it pulls me out into community. Like I, it yes. connects me to people so much more viscerally yes. and quickly. It's like, if I'm like meditating and like my mind is clear, I'm f- like eating healthy, like I'm exercising and stuff. It's like, like if I step one foot out of the door, everyone's just like, Hey, how's it going? Hey, what are you, what are you doing? Da, 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 da. Like strangers will just come up to me. Cause I'm just like vibrating. And it's yeah. just like, oh, it's like, it <laughs> <laughs> but like really though, it's just like, I, I literally And it takes like one like little shift of like, all right, like this is my path right now. Like I need to like clear out the space, yeah, like, clearing out the space, like setting things up night routine, wake up early in the morning and then once i'm on it it's like essentially like that's like me mode but it's like i don't know do people like recognize you as something that's beneficial to building society if you're if you're like an actor in the world if you're if you're moving i don't know i I feel like people subconsciously like recognize yeah uh ones that are that are that are connected to spirit and that are prioritizing uh 
uh, I guess, prioritizing the whole. Yeah. I also like, I kind of wonder if part of what's happening when we, when we draw back and pull in is we're exploring this like deeper sense of self that everyone else is longing to like be in that part but like they're they're just too afraid for whatever reason to like move through those doorways Mm -hmm. and and you're just you or me or whoever it is that's like said yes to pulling in is like walking around with like those riches that you got from that time Mm -hmm. and so people are drawn to and attracted to and then the challenge is like okay how do i show up in a way that's like I'm not, at least maybe this is just me because I can, like, when I'm unhealthy, I can be, like, your quintessential codependent. But, like, mm. how am I not developing a relationship where, like, I'm just getting pulled all the time and and I'm also, like, helping to be, like, okay, yeah, but, like, this is where you go and get that, you know? So mm-hmm. that's been the kind of challenge for me is, like, the more you do that, the more you find that you have this gravity around you. Mm-hmm. And these things get pulled into you and then like, what do I do with that? And how do I manage all of that? That's been kind of the challenge Mm -hmm. in the last, I would say like five years Mm -hmm. where I've just said yes to like tons of solitude and kind of become addicted to it and obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, now how do I manage what's happening? And all these people that are longing for this and they could, they could actually get their fix, their Mm -hmm. quick fix from just like, having a conversation with me or being around me, but I want to make sure that in the same process I'm, and you're doing this super well with a lot of the things that you do, even the podcast and everything. But like, how do I have almost like on ramps for when people are ready to Mm -hmm. do that dive? Yeah. To like get into it, you know? Yeah. I think just like, obviously it's just like creating the space and opportunity and just, obviously like no expectation people get to it when they but that's that's truly like all it is is just like the like allowing people to show up and then like if they do it's like it's their doing that's like the greatest like what i've learned to be like the greatest like thing that i can ever provide is just like allowing like space and witness for somebody else's growth where they seize the opportunity right they walk through that door and they didn't ha- they didn't do it alone. I think a lot of the times people feel like it is alone. Most of it is alone, but there are opportunities where you can uh, have community and have people that are there that can like guide you through it. But oh, nevertheless, yeah. you're gonna have to kick down that door. But we'll fucking cheer you on while you kick through that door. Yeah. And it's a beautiful experience, and and I think that's something that's that's dope with like like religions, but even just like sports teams and stuff. Like somebody was talking about. I was listening to uh, uh, a podcast and they were talking about like, like a kid in karate class that was like push punching like the piece of wood and he was crying and just didn't think he could do it. And then everyone was just like, you could do it, you could do it. And then like the kid punched through like the thing through the wood and then everyone was like celebrating. And then the kid was like, thank you for not like letting me quit yeah. like type of thing. And yeah. which is so rare. Cause it's like, we're just so like used to just, giving up and i've i'm used to fucking giving up like there's times where i'm like am i reverting back to my old self because it's like there's a project that's just like sitting on like my docket for like weeks and months on end i'm like why is this thing taking so long like why am i not spearheading it and just knocking it out and 
then there's other times where I give myself the grace to take my sweet ass time. And when I take my sweet ass time, it's exactly how I want it to be. And it's beautiful. And I'm yeah. just like, Oh fuck. Okay. Maybe I, maybe this thing does need to take time. And, For sure. and but <laughs> I had that realization with like my meditation business. It's like, like right now it's summer and it's like, nobody's trying to be doing like digital facetimes during the summer it's like, <laughs> like yeah it's like, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so it's like all right like let me just do fucking outside shit and and then like the digital presence and stuff will get to where it needs to be right at whatever point it does but but yeah just like learning how to adjust in this this landscape and in uh entering new phases of spiritual growth and transition and and I feel like <laughs> I don't even know what phase this is but it's just like it takes a it it takes one a decision but then like what are the what are the 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 tools um that that assist you in your ascension and like my first like ascension was like meditation was like the get like was the beginning thing and then dealing with like diet and exercise and stuff but not really like fully committing like I was committed to yoga for a long time but asking myself over these last like number of months like since April it was a huge transition like moving places and 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 getting starting like this little business and right and just like dog passing like just family stuff oh, the and dog passed yeah like, recently yeah like uh last month or so um, but just so many things have happened, but I've manifested like this place that we're sitting now. It's like, yeah. I manifested this shit like bar none, but then knowing that I am needed in the world in, in a certain capacity or at least reaching my own potential yeah. to create things, <clears throat> I know it requires a much larger commitment. So to prepare oneself for the journey and yeah. to ascend even further, what are the the tools that I can use. And it's like, I've used some before, but it requires an even deeper commitment. And that's right. where like food has been kind of like one of the biggest teachers for me as yeah. far as like why, how I use it to, to quell emotions and to separate mm. myself and to protect mm. myself. And it's become a barrier, Preach. a barrier. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't want to deal with these things. Let yep. me stuff myself with food. Yep. And, and it's just like, Oh, but like, but coming into that now, it's like that's that's the next thing. As so far is that why movement. you started doing the intermittent fasting? I've been doing it like for a couple of years now. Okay. But <clears throat> like after quitting alcohol and all that kind of stuff, yeah. it's just like these these monumental commitments, these life commitments. And it's not to say that I'm going to like turn vegan tomorrow or anything. Totally, yeah. But yeah. it's like I know what is necessary and I'm willing to – I'm always going to be willing to go there, but it may not be at the pace that – that I would like it to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we need to do some water fast. Too. Yeah. Water fast. Like yep. Multiple day water I did a, f I did a three day fast, a couple of like at the beginning of June, May or yeah. June, I did a three day water or just, yeah, water fast. But what are some of the, like the tools that you use to connect with spirit or just to connect with self to, yeah, just to mm. connect deeper tools. Mm tools to connect said, with spirit it, it, yeah so it's not just a, a simple like yeah it's like it's always just like a philosophical cognitive thing but no, then it's just I'm like all about the addressing ad yeah addressing the yeah. the entire body yeah 
also want to be honest because I feel like there was a point in my life where I like had all these like good answers. And then like when I really thought about it, I'm like, I'm not doing that shit. You know what I mean? Um, the way it, the way it's showing up in my life right now, I would say is, um, well, so I've got the big ones that we've talked about meditation. Like I've definitely had a, a regular meditation practice for a while now. Um, and that's what actually was the transition that I'll at some point go back and fill in really quickly was entering, learning how to enter into silence and solitude. Well, Mm-hmm. Um, was kind of a whole journey and so now it's become like probably the most important part of my life is silence and solitude um, and uh, so that's huge but I'm really active now I'm a flight attendant and that is a whole trip that whole job is just one big acid trip mm. of a job because you're just, it's constantly something new, different energy, different people, things are changing, you're in different hotel rooms, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, let alone you're stapped, you're, you're, sta- you're stapped, you're trapped in a steel tube mm-hmm. up in the air with all sorts of people that are carrying into it, all sorts of things. And um, yeah, so for me, it's been figuring out like some small, like, practice we would call them like mindfulness practices but just ways for me to dip in really quickly yeah um doing something that i'm always doing so like one of the things i do um regularly now um which i don't really tell people this but i guess it'll be out in the podcast ether so whatever um when i stand up to do the announcements because we you know you have the uh the little video that plays or Mm -hmm. if we don't have a video we got to do the seatbelt thing um it's it's probably the main time when i'm like up holding space for that flight Mm -hmm. and um one of the first spiritual practices i was given as a kid was praying in tongues and it was thankfully not taught to me religiously at all but like 100 percent spiritual as this like really personal secret prayer language I have with God. And um, so on an energetic level, it was literally, I began to intuitively use it to build up energy in my body and then learn how to release it into a space. Mm. And so when we're doing the announcements, I'm not listening to the announcements. I'm doing energy work on the airplane. And Mm. so it's a way for me to go ahead and like really quickly get into that flow establish myself in the flow so that hopefully throughout the flight like i'm in that space and maintaining that space and like Mm. opened up Mm -hmm. and for me like in a really practical way it's kind of like priming the pump of the energy flowing through my body when it when i'm doing that i'm like using the language that isn't attached to my intellect or like rational cognitive mind um it draws it drops me into my body and I'm able to use the words and the language to actually move energy throughout my body. And Mm -hmm. I also like, it was, it was given to me as this like thing without a lot of direction. So I'm able to really quickly surrender to that flow moving however it needs to move Mm -hmm. and things coming up and 
popping into my imagination and, and moving through that way. So mm-hmm. like sometimes I'll see like, you know, certain things about people and, you know, I'll, uh, I'll actually like send energy to people in certain mm-hmm, ways. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's like one of the things that I'll do just to like quickly get into that kind of spiritual space really quickly and then mm-hmm. step into that flow. Um, and, uh, but there's a ton of like rituals me and my partner have too that for me right now, I would say probably the biggest space that I experience the divine in like all the different ways are in my partnership with Larissa of mm-hmm. just like these, these ways that I fall in and out of grace, like constantly mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. just like learning, figuring out where, you know, my weaknesses are or my fallacies and like being able to see really clearly where I'm making mm-hmm. it or not making it. Yeah. And, um, and she's really good about, Tell, tell I met, I really met her cool. one time and I was like, oh yeah, that's a mirror. <laughs> yeah, 100% a mirror. The mirror that I need to because sure. I'm really good at putting on the face. Yeah. And not to take this on a whole separate tangent, but I'm existing in a society where I'm a white male. So it's really easy. Yeah, you can go a long way with just your smile. Just, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm like, dude. you smiling all the like, yeah. like, hey, do you want this? I can get away with way too much. Yeah, way yeah. too much. And so to have someone that is, loves me and cares about me and always has my good in mind that can just like, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. It's really good. How it's do you really fall nice. back into grace once you have fallen out? Ooh. Um, usually accidentally <laughs> <laughs> trip and fall. Yeah. Usually, oh, hey, Grace, yeah. What's up? usually there's no, I hopefully at 34 now I'm, I'm moving back into it intentionally. Um, yeah, but it's, it's always from a place of need. It's always like, okay, I can't, my best efforts aren't going to get me there. Mm. And so I've got to, I've got to fall back into that flow. I've got to, fall into some kind of thing that is bigger than me now i would call it i would just call it love right now mm-hmm. um I'm, i've been on a huge love kick probably won't ever get off of it mm. and the way that i explore it is through the language of uh meta which is the way that the Bu- buddha talked about love yeah. and kindness yeah so that's i love it because the word unconditional love was kind of thrown around but that's a, the, the kind of philosophy of that is literally an experience of love that exists outside of the conditioned realm. Mm-hmm. So there's like this experience of love that we can get into beyond any kind of conditionality or materiality and then bring into the now. Yeah. And yeah. that's really sticky for me right now. Yeah. That's such a practice too, though. It's like, it's like, it's, it it's working. It's it real fucking work. Cause when you're saying like, like your like prayers like on flight like that's unconditional love it's like yeah it's like yeah you happen to be in the same place but like that's like i guess that's a condition but it's just like totally but it's not it's not a relational thing like you don't have you don't know these people yeah it's like they could have done something bad to your freaking great grandma and you would have never known totally so so it's like but that's like that's giving of unconditional love like i expressed in a podcast with my friend sydney where like like I practice like Tonglen, like where it's like you breathe in the suffering of others. Like when you see, when you see, like I see, it's hard not to see like suffering. And it's like when there's somebody that's doing really, really bad and like giving them like my attention and trying to take on like any suffering because I'm strong and I can, I can carry the load. 
like <laughs> once I've got, gotten rid of like the 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 unnecessary load that I've bared for the so long and just being like oh I don't need this I can cut this off yeah. but now it's like like detached from falsehoods of of living a life that wasn't uh I guess loving to my own self, but right. now it's like I can be loving to strangers, and that's that's kind of like where my practice in building meta. Because sometimes I'm just like, what is this spiritual bullshit? Like, like I'm too I'm too cool for this bullshit. Yeah. Like type it sometimes, and it's just like. But then, in deep meditation, and then like when I do feel like detached from like the self, I'm like, oh, like this is this is unconditional love right now. Mm. It's like it's yeah. not it's not. Uh, bound by anything and it's just it's literally just like awareness of divinity within every being it's just like oh like you like you're breathing like you're a miracle i recognize the miracle within you that is looking back at me and we are the same and that's how i experience unconditional love is where it's like the, the the need to judge and be like that's a label like that's that and we do that to protect ourselves it's like it's like oh like i'm oil you're vinegar or yeah. you're water and it's like we obviously can't but it's like that's just like whatever bullshit like protect protective measure but when we refrain when we have an unconditional refrain from judgment that's where unconditional love like exists and that is totally. so fucking expansive it doesn't have a boundary yeah 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 that's been my experience when that when that con not even concept when that experience of self starts to disintegrate there's no place for like those conditions Mm -hmm. to take place for me to separate myself and yeah you know then it's all like it's just it's fear it's it's not my fear it's just fear it's Mm -hmm. just happening and i'm able to relate to it in that way instead of personalizing it and taking it on Mm-hmm. And yeah, so your experience, your uh, practice, which I'm, I have a question about, you're you're taking this person's stuff, and it's not this person's; it's ours. Mm. It's our collective. Yeah, it's the collect, like it's the collective. It's not just me and sure, myself anymore. Sure. You're moving through life in a way where you're understanding, like, well, no, I have this mind. I'm showing up like this, but also like on this level that you're talking about, where that's dissolving. You've had experiences enough to be able to at some level know like this is ours Mm -hmm. this is this is just happening yeah and yeah um, it's just happening yeah once we like like life becomes so much easier once we realize like all of this is just happening at the same exact time okay so the question is you breathe in in this practice you breathe it in and then what's the practice of so yeah he take in you see somebody like walking down the street or at least like if i'm driving or something and it's totally. like i see somebody who's like morbidly obese and right. just like their ankles and just like whole situation not judging them just right. observing and and seeing maybe somebody's in pain and or even like somebody who's suffering from like a schizophrenic episode that's running in the streets naked or something totally. which you see a lot in portland and not labeling but trying to like relieve the suffering and take it on taking it on for yourself so and it's all through the breath too. Right. it's like i'm taking removing the suffering that they may be experiencing i'm gonna take hold it in and feel it and then any good that i have within me i'm going to 
exhale and release all the good and and kind of arrive at like a net zero point of just detachment from from anything so i'm not like i'm not i'm not the suffering that i took on but i'm also like not the good that i think that i am at the same at the same time or 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 what i feel like i embody it's like i'm just going to be that net zero not positive not negative just in the middle and that i feel like that's like a place of stillness and non-attachment um i may be expressing that poorly because it's like a freaking ancient ass tradition well and it's um, something you do but more it's, yeah, intuitively. It's, it's my yeah it's my it's it's exactly an intuitive yeah. process and i think like highlighting that intuitive like i think that's something that is lost in spirituality as a whole when going back to just saying it's everybody's own relationship to God. Yeah. That is the truth. It's like you validate your own experience with how you engage with yourself first and the divine at the same time. And it's like, there's no, like there's no one size fits all spirituality, spirituality for dummies type of book. Like you don't, that's not, I've in my experience, that's not how I arrived. Like as somebody like from the outside of like religion, it's like I started with meditation and then my personal unique experience informed everything that came afterwards. And, yeah. and so, yeah, like it is intuitive, just like relieving suffering on the world and, and catching, catching myself before I like label and judge somebody like yeah. that's, that's like the highest, like uh, material world phenomena of catching myself before I commit this act of judgment. Yeah or labeling or whatever is when I know I'm like, Oh, I'm on my shit. Like I need to double down on this, like this dose of meditation or, or, or the wake up early, or I'm going to eat really good. Cause I want to not sever this connection that I have with spirit. That's trying to be spoken through me at all times. But sometimes I like negate this purity to come through because yep. I want to have a gluten big old double cheeseburger and shit and weigh myself down. But it's like the, I'm inspired to dive deeper into spiritual practice because it's just like, I'm just scratching the surface and I just know what's on the other side of like, like a deeper devotion to, to health and wellness, like is a devotion to spirit, to the, to spirit. And just what's on the other side is something that like inspires me, um, to move forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have any, do you have anything else that you want to share with our beautiful listeners? Yes. Um, (laughs) I just wanted to, uh, cliff note the like gap between the Buddhist stuff and the Christian stuff. Please. Yeah. So basically like I talked about getting it back into it into my twenties. I ended up going back into the supernatural vein for a lot of the intuitive reasons that you were just talking about there at least exists some kind of space for diving into that in practice, which I was like really excited about. And it was just like I was saying, it was home base. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah. what, what I like, knew. I know this wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> like more than, more than I know that I know it. Yeah. I, I like, I'm there and I'm like, you know, it's great. So, um, went back into it and I still, I still hit this space where I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't have used this language, but like, I don't resonate with this anymore. I was just feeling it. I was watching myself feel all these things, especially the ideological pursuits and the, the creating the fixed views around 
the the theology and like having that be the main thing i just didn't sit with me anymore mm-hmm. and a lot of the even views started kind of crumbling and falling apart and it wasn't that i was against them i just couldn't tell you matter of fact that a hell even existed you mm-hmm. know what i mean which was like one of the key foundational points for building a lot of the ideological sure. structures sure so like yeah there was just a lot of things that started unraveling and in order to grab a hold of something and gravitate towards something, I move towards prayer. I'm like, prayer is like the one thing that I feel like makes sense in this whole tradition. And I, I kind of understand, but I don't really feel like I even know what it is or how to do it. Um, and so I started exploring some kind of practice that I could just like hone in on a practice. And I found this, um, newer created, um, catholic form of like prayerful meditation called centering prayer mm-hmm. and i started practicing that had a regular practice for a couple of years and then when i came out to portland on a 100 percent, i would have used the language like holy spirit journey just like spirit-led like intuitive journey out here like didn't have anything didn't know what was next just was like i'm just gonna land here um i was parsing through all of that and trying to figure out what to make of it and there was this tiny little uh, Buddhist lay community, like a two-minute walk from my house that mm. I found out about. And I started going and sitting with them. It was the first time I had ever sat with anyone, period. It was just me doing my own practice for a while. And um, I fell in love with the community, uh, just loved sitting with them. And then the more I spent time with them, the more I was like, there's this generosity here that I've never experienced anywhere else. Like, what's that about? And I followed that thread down and just ex- found this really beautiful uh, Thai forest tradition, mm-hmm. uh, Buddhist tradition, and um, just I've been tracking with, with that. And it's been a tremendous place of refuge for me that in a lot of ways I didn't have in the Christian mm-hmm. tradition I always wanted for and longed for. So. Um, so that's, that was the kind of in between that and then Mm -hmm. finding the, the teachings in the path of the Buddha and this tradition that's like really wanting to draw this direct lineage from the time of the Buddha till Mm -hmm. now and, um, figure out how to manifest that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's been, it's been really great. Um, but I still, it's, it's weird. I still like there are parts of me in truth that are still connected to that kind of charismatic Christian and always will be. Yeah. Um, but the main, I will say, I, I would much rather talk about all the amazing things that I experienced about it, but to, for the sake of the conversation, the, the big thing that personally, um, had me leaving that tradition and moving towards the Buddhist tradition was all the ex- experiences were outside of the body. Now, I think I talked to you a little bit about this, and I had realized that I had been living in a constant state of disassociation my whole life. Sure. And so that community allowed me to live out there, and I could do it really well because I mm-hmm. would had been doing it since I was a baby. Mm-hmm. And so... The, the Buddhist tradition was the opposite direction of taking all of that energy and coming back into my body and learning how to like be in and stay in my body and what mm-hmm. that experience was like. And so um, it was just such a healing 
movement and shift. Um, so that's, that's dope. That's that, where I'm at now. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's like where I'm starting. Like I've dabbled a little bit into like Buddhist tradition and like listen to certain people with podcasts and like the Ram Dass, like the, that whole crew of teachers. Yeah. Like Neem Kroli like, Baba. Yeah. Neem Kroli Baba, Come Joseph on. Goldstein, mm-hmm. uh, Das, Jack Cornfield, Sharon. Yeah. Sharon yeah. Exactly. All of them. Yeah. Uh, Raghu Marcus, like all the, like, oh, I love like that whole gang. But it's like, that's kind of been my introduction to, to Buddhism, but I've yet to take like the full on mm. plunge. And like, I actually grew up, uh, in San Diego near like the self-realization center in Encinitas. Oh, yeah. Like, so I've been there like plenty of times and stuff Shoot, and, and didn't realize, and I still haven't even like finished like autobiography of like a Yogi, yeah. but like knowing that that's like, that's like the starting gate for me as far as like my practice expands in, in diving deeper to be able to like, to know what I'm feeling and to articulate and help others. And yeah. I, I need to get that master class and, Hopefully I get into that 10 day Vipassana retreat. Yeah. Like, I think that's, that's definitely what's next for me. Cause I never intend on stopping cause it's the practice has given me so much and, and the potential for a practice to affect the lives of anybody listening to this is infinite. So where can people find you on the interwebs? Ooh, right now, nowhere. Good. Um, Good. Yeah. Whenever someone said, I'm like, <laughs> solid. But typically, uh, R-Dubs5 on Instagram. And I, I will be back on there. I also started a, a account called Real Tuned Up that I haven't done anything with. But I'm thinking about just like moving directly into that and start just using Instagram for creative stuff. So eventually mm-hmm. there. That's how this like all started. Yeah. Like, like I, that's where I'm, especially sharing. after like just our two conversations and like, cause that's one of the main things I wanted to talk to you about is your relationship with social media. Cause it's been such a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I made a shift straight into real tuned up mm-hmm. and, um, it, the whole ethos is the same as like what you're talking about of just helping people tap sure. in and get tuned up. Yeah, most definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ryan. Yeah. And thank you all for listening to opening presence.